we're we're here doing the same thing we did with the other positions running back well we have we haven't posted the the wide receiver one yet but the king of the mountain running back edition that's already out you can watch that right now or watch that after the show of course but we're doing the tight end version of that show king of the mountain how far down can we go on a list of tight end rankings for 2023 until we have to stop and say we can no longer find a potential number one overall tight end on 2023 like, how deep can we go to find the latest number one overall tight end? Because we're going to dethrone Kelsey, work our way down the tight end rankings until we stop and say, no longer can we find a potential, a potential, even if we're digging deep, potential number one overall tight end in 2023. The Fantasy Football Show, King of the Mountain, tight end edition, begins right now, broskies. From the FantasyFootballShow.com studios. It's the Fantasy Football Show live Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. We did it with the RBs. We're back doing it with the tight end uh, group, and then we're going straight to the R, uh, the wide receivers, and then the quarterback. So, King of the Mountain doesn't just um, constitute one position battle. This is a this is a, a drawn out four video series and we're here doing this version live uh cheryl uh, appreciate you being here matt sandu ron navy's in the building jcmi uh d-town was first in the building michael k cpa slipping a little bit he's been second twice now um that's right michael k you're the man appreciate you who is king of the mountain if it's not travis kelsey who could take this crown from him and I'm going to go ahead and quickly eliminate, just like you're in an auction draft, and somebody says, Christian McCaffrey, $5. And we're like, come on. Come on, bro. Somebody just, 35 Let's start at 35 Now start at 5 We can't start off with Hawkinson, Andrews. So just like in that case, I'm going to bid past that and say, these guys are not in the conversation. We already know Hawkinson and Andrews could be number one overall. The question is, though, if we took this crown away from Travis Kelsey and we went and searched for, let me find somebody. What about this guy? Could this guy be the number one tight end in fantasy football 2023? I kind of think the answer is going to be yes. And I'm going to drag his face on the screen right here. This man, Kyle Pitts, could he dethrone Travis Kelsey and take this job from him? I think he could. And while there's certainly a world where I don't see this happening, this is a world in which we're reaching to try and find a player that uh, potentially doesn't belong, right? A player that we're reaching for. And this could be this could be easily argued. Kyle Pitts had the best rookie season in the history of fantasy football tight ends. And yeah, he struggled last year. Yeah, he got injured last year. Uh, yeah, the offense just drafted Bijan Robinson, but you could make arguments that that's going to make his life a whole lot easier, that he's now going to see less double teams because defenses, opposing defenses, will be looking at the Falcons differently saying, we got we got to shut down this Bijan Robinson character. And the fact that Ritter and London connected so well, maybe not in the touchdown department, but London was a 1,300, 1,400-yard wide receiver if you extrapolate the last, what was it, five or six games of the season. If you took that time that those two balled out together, where 
literally London was on a 1,300 to 1,400 yard pace in that small time frame of like five, six games. If you extrapolate that out over 17 games, is a 13, 1,400 yard season for London. And Kyle Pitts didn't get a chance to play with London. So this whole notion that Kyle Pitts not producing last year is an indication of what the offense is going to look like with him in the offense and Ritter in the offense and London in the offense, I think is a poor representation if you're trying to extrapolate data and predict what's going to happen. I think Kyle Pitts could easily be uh, the very next tight end option we're looking at if Kelsey, let's say, were to go missing on a long hike. They find him after the season, but he's he's missing all season long. We're not going to say he gets hurt. We don't want to do that. Travis Kelsey needs to have a healthy year. We need one more year from you, big boy. We need one more year from you, Travis Kelsey. You bad man. Big bad boy. So if if we're if we're not talking pits, there's a guy that I can think of right now. I know some of you might say Fryermuth. Let me actually look at a, a set of my thefantasyfootballshow.com rankings. And that way I can get a real good sense in case I'm I'm missing somebody. I'm just gonna go down the list and say, okay, Evan Ingram. There's a world where Ingram could be the number one. It's a it's a stretch. We're really stretching it at this point, but there's a world where Evan Ingram could potentially be the number one overall tight end in fantasy football, right? Am, am I right or am I wrong here? I would love to know what you guys think. Let's before we go grab his his image off the internet. <laughs> let let's let's hear what you guys think about Evan Ingram, the ghost man right now. Does anybody feel like Ingram can be the number one overall tight end? in the most perfect of worlds, in a bizarro world, but one where we're trying to anticipate the crazy. Who who here thinks that Evan Ingram has that potential shot in fantasy football? Let's let's see it. Someone says Waller. Someone says where's Kittle. Someone says where's Aconquo. These are all good options. Are, are we reaching too high? I think we're reaching too high. I think all these guys have that potential, and I don't think we're in, any of us are shocked at the idea of Kittle or or the idea of Waller maybe finishing as the number one or two, like if in a perfect world. I think that we still need to go deeper. I don't think even Ingram is deep enough to, to be some sort of shock value. Like Waller, Kittle, Ingram. Um, let me put all these, these lists of tight ends on the screen. Let's, uh, let's look at it from this perspective here. This is an old screenshot, by the way. And it's not in any real particular order. But here is the tight end list that we'll work with. And we'll just go down the list. So we've got uh, Kelsey. That's that's too easy. Uh, Hawkinson, too easy. Kelsey, too easy. <laughs> that's the one we're dethroning. Hawkinson, too easy. Kyle Pitts, too easy. Mark Andrews, too easy. Evan Ingram, too easy. George Kittle, too easy. Darren Waller, too easy. Goddard, we're starting to get somewhere. Fryermuth. Goddard, those are potential guys that can unseat, dethrone Travis Kelsey, right? Are we get a conquo? Is Cole Komet a, a potential or no? Cole Komet too, too too low. I think it might be too low. I like Cole Komet to be a top five tight end. There's a world where maybe Cole Komet could do that. I really think Cole Komet was on fire. Musgrave as a rookie, I don't know. Although, if I love Kincaid as a rookie, maybe Musgrave does have a shot. I think a Conquo might be one of the very latest 
guys that that would be capable. Um, I think so. I think we're going to put him here as king of the mountain for the moment. And and then we'll go ahead and continue to, uh, I think, knock, knock away at this list and see if maybe maybe we're wrong. But uh, Ocon Quo, such a tough name to uh, grasp. You know? <laughs> it took me a while. To, I think it took everybody a while to say it, but it's a pretty cool name. But Ocon Quo, Ocon Quo, let's drop this down here. Conquo is currently king of the mountain. And Conquo is below Kittle in most people's eyes. Conquo is below Goddard and Waller and Fryermuth. Conquo is probably above Schultz here. This is like I said, just a random list. There's no particular order here that I'm I'm beholden to. Uh and I like Kincaid a lot more than this. Are we stopping at Conquo? Are we stopping is Cole Komet a guy we want to talk about? Jelani Woods, probably not. I mean, he could be exciting. He could be exciting, but I don't think he's got a shot at being number one. Mayer, definitely not. I, I love his talent, but I, that situation is not going to feed him. Uh, Dalton Kincaid. Am I going to go? I went with the rookie on, on the running back version of this. The winner was Gibbs. Go watch it if you haven't seen it. This could be, yeah, this is a tough one because he doesn't have, like, the situation. He doesn't have the elite situation. I love Musgrave's spots, his peanut butter and waivers. I just don't know if Musgrave as a rookie is going to be king of the mountain. And Joku, that's a tough one, bro. When's Njoku ever been reliable? Ever. Ever, bro. Ever. Never. The answer is never. Dallas, uh, yeah, you got Shoemaker in Dallas now. I'm going to go ahead and... I don't know if you guys are going to like this. Let's go ahead. I'm going Kincaid. That's the furthest I can go down. I know I'm going rookie again. Your boy Smitty is just all over the rookie class. But not everybody. It's there. There's just a select group of rookies. and And it's not a huge, huge rookie class. Um, that I love. It's not a big, big, wide, you know, cross the board, just throw a net over the whole thing and say, reel it in. This is a bunch of winners. This is a Kincaid at tight end. Wide receiver, Flowers, maybe JSN. And then the and then I'm not I'm not high on Addison. I'm not high on Quentin Johnson. And the guys I think that could finish two or three from the wide receivers are are the guys down that you get at 12, 13, 14 overall in a rookie draft. Like like Hyatt and Downs and Tank Dell and and Mingo. Those are my picks for surprising finishes and beating out these these rookies that everybody loves, like Addison and Quentin Johnson. So I don't know that just because I love Kincaid, just because I love Jameer Gibbs, and just because I love Bijan to the moon for all three of them. And I love Bryce Young and, and Anthony Richardson. That's really it. It's Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, Kincaid, Bijan Gibbs. I'm not like enamored with the entire draft class. I love the values of Hyatt Downs. Those guys, Tank, Tank Dell, Mingo, Mingo. Okay, Mingo too. I throw Mingo in there. Mingo, but but the wide receivers are weird because I almost in a way love Mingo the most. 
And, and as much as I love flowers, his situation isn't amazing. It's just good. And good's good, right? Am I right? Good is good, but great is better. And I don't love flowers' spot. It's not great. I like it. I don't love it. Kincaid's spot, I love it. Kincaid, I'm making a determination. Kincaid, in my opinion, is king of the mountain. The most capable and deepest player we can find that is still most capable of being the number one overall tight end. And that's a tall order. Rookie tight ends don't usually finish this high. And I've said this before to to Ron Navy and a lot of you in here that rookie tight ends usually don't materialize until their sophomore year. But this is a unique situation where Dalton Kincaid could still materialize later and not really materialize in receptions and yardage and really his full uh, upside ceiling in, in his total game and the, the, the total package this guy's going to bring to the table. This might not materialize until his sophomore year. But he could trip and fall into eight touchdowns. He could trip and fall into ten touchdowns. Wouldn't shock me in the slightest if this man tripped and fell into 10 touchdowns and still didn't explode. And 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 yeah, uh, uh, as, uh, as Skate Video is saying here on the play on words here, it is King Cade. It is King Cade. I am determining that this man is the king. The King Cade, the king of the mountain, the tight end that is the deepest on anyone's rankings that has the possibility of finishing as tight end number one. And the situation is partly why. The talent is partly why. He was my number one tight end all offseason. And I admit at the tail end, I started to pull Mayer right up with him. But Mayer fell out. Mayer's a great tight end. Very, very skilled. Very gifted. But this guy's been lingering at the top the entire time. So for him to get the best landing spot of the two, I'm very happy. Kincaid's like a wide receiver. Wouldn't be shocked if this man right here, Dalton King, King, King of the Mountain, Kincaid, ended up pulling in eight to eight, eight plus eight plus touchdown receptions in 2023. In this situation, Ziggy, show me the front door. I'm in the middle of crowning Dalton Kincaid, and you're bugging me with some sort of front door obscurity. It's the mailman, Ziggy. Off. Dalton Kincaid, you are my friend. Anointed king of the mountain. The most likely late tight end. The furthest back we can go that could be number one overall in the most bizarre of worlds. Kincaid, you are him. You are the king. You've just been Smitty approved. And I think we found our our potential. Let's redo that. Dalton Kincaid, everybody. Dalton Kincaid is the man. I think we found our Potential Dalton Kincaid animation, the King Cade, King Cade, King of the tight ends, the riser, the most likely to be really the future Travis Kelsey, and and we talked about this with Scott Hansen, and we disagree a little bit on how quickly Kincaid can climb. I think he can climb really really fast. Ten dollar hauler from Cheryl. Appreciate the ten dollar hauler, Cheryl, uh, to the moon. 
the moon. To the moon. <sighs> Let's see here. Awesome show with Scott Hansen earlier today. Very cool. Plus, he is yummy. Sorry, boys. How cool having the man with the coolest job in the world on the football fantasy football show, Smitty to the moon. Appreciate you. Thank you for dropping the ten dollar holler. Um, yeah, it, it, that was a good little episode. And here's a here's a little clip. If anybody wants to take a little gander at, at just a little piece of this uh, interview I did with Scott Hansen, this part was funny. This is my stance, and I think it's. Pretty bold to most people, if you can even be bold on Bijan. But in fantasy football, he's my number one redraft running back. I'm drafting him ahead of CMC. I'm taking him number three overall. I'm drafting Jamar Chase or Jefferson. Jefferson, Jamar Chase, if I need a wide receiver. It's, you, look, you, look, you look a little shocked. But That's as bold as I've heard of people who are bullish on Bijan Robinson. That's as bold a take as I have heard. I'm not saying I disagree with it. I'm just like, wow, that's that's strong. And this other guy on screen here, uh, Jameer Gibbs, is 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 yet another uh, rookie that I'm about to uh, probably be overhyping here <laughs> because <laughs> okay. I, I if, if that was your Bijan take, I can't wait to hear your your Jamar Gibbs, uh, Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. Sorry, trying to get back my screen. If anybody missed that show, go go watch it. It was uh, it was definitely a fun interview. He comes on once in a while. He hasn't been on in a while, but uh, he's he's really a, a fun person to interview. And whenever he comes back, we have a blast when he gets on here. So very much uh, uh, had had a good time. So Gibbs can't be top five though. Gibbs can't be top five though. Why, Jake? Why? Why can't he be top five, Jake? What now are you so sure about that you have this this concrete answer for? Why can't he be top five? Why? Bijan could be running back one. Smitty is right. How do you know that, Jake? How do you know all this for sure? You're so certain about these exact placements. King of the tight ends. King of the tight end cadets. That is Dalton Kincaid at a baby Dalton. Uh, let me see if I can get Dalton back on the screen here. I had Dalton Kincaid on here, and we need to get him back on the screen. Here we go. King of the mountain, our boy, Dalton. Um, dial into the show. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Uh, thanks again for the super chat. Appreciate you all. Anybody has another one that wants, anybody wants special attention with their question, any marker board sessions, drop the, the 10 plus dollar haulers. Uh, during the off season, at least, or during the before August. Once we get to August, any twenty dollar hauler gets a marker board session. Ron Navy dropping a twenty spot right out of the gate. Yes, Scott is awesome and my new best friend. These guys are playing karate in the garage, and they now have bunk beds because this guy came on and started talking about the Steelers. And Ron Navy, appreciate the twenty dollar hauler. Here we go, Ron Navy, twenty dollar hauler. Ron's been bringing it today. He brought it during that whole interview. He's dropping, he was dropping little twenty wads for Scott, uh, and then and then he asked a Najee Najee Harris question, and Scott just is going to make him sleep like a baby tonight. Ron's going to sleep like like an absolute baby with a big grin on his face because Scott was like, "It's a top five running back." <laughs> Ron was like, "Yeah, 
That's what I've been saying. And he goes, not only am I, it's not just Bijan. It's not just Bijan. It's, uh, it's, it's Pickett. Pickett's the answer. Pickett's the guy. And Ron was just like, where are you right now? I need to come and we need to have a drink. We need to go have, we need to go get the bunk beds ready. Go have karate in the garage. Like this was, this is Ron and, and Scott, even though Scott didn't know it. And maybe Scott's not wanting to reciprocate, but Ron is now his best friend. Um, I don't know what kind of takes you have though, says Jack. I don't know what you're talking about. Call into the show. Not sure what you're talking about. Gibbs is top five though. He is top five. Oh, Jack, Jack, uh. What's up, Jake? Okay, Bengals are still better. Says Hot Prime. I love the Bengals this year. They're going to be absolute monsters. Uh, Big O in the house. Appreciate you. Er Smith in Cincy could be a nice tight end option. Um, potentially. Hanson um, is sucking up to Ron Navy. Says Hod. Thomas, how did you get connected with Scott Hanson? Well, um. I mean, I, I know a lot of people, bro. I've been in this business for a while. I've been in this business professionally for 20 years. So um, I know a lot of people, and I don't bring a lot of people on the show. Sometimes Matthew Berry comes on. Sometimes Scott Hansen comes on. We bring on a, a lot of the heavy hitters. I don't I don't bring a lot of the, the medium-sized people on. Uh, we've had player players on before. I, I'm pretty connected to some NBA guys. and um, but But as far as, like... You know, I, I try and bring on guys like Brees Hall and those guys, but they're they don't come on the shows during you know during their 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 peak of their career very much because they have agents you go through. They don't want to mess around with that. They're focused. I can get a lot of retired players on. I do that uh, once in a while. A lot of times on Instagram more so than anything else. But um, but yeah, it was uh, it was it was fun. Uh, talking shop with him last time he came on it he didn't come on last year last time he came on he talked about dk and dk did really well that year so when he came on we said drop your boldest prediction and he came on and dropped uh charlie jones Bengals wide receiver and said watch out for him and and he's not wrong he's a nice little prospect but the path is a lot harder than i think you know than <laughs> than most any other player uh so you know he'd have to have t higgins get hurt boyd get hurt and that's certainly possible. And so, you know, what, what would be crazy is if T. Higgins got hurt, they don't want to give him his, the money he wants anyway, right? He's kind of at risk of potentially not being there in the future. If, let's say, Charlie Jones does step up and become something, this is a nice little take by Scott. I like it. So it's, it's a deep take. You don't have to, we don't have to look at, like, all the, the guys we've been looking at and, and just say, oh, he's just picking one of those guys, and, you know, we don't really have a new name to look at. You know, they're, they're rare, very rarely does someone come on my show and say something about a player that I don't really focus on too much. And, and I, I don't really, I'll be honest, I don't really feel like I he had a, I, I had the feeling that he was going to be a, a breakout candidate. But, hey, Scott says he's heard it, seen it. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep an eye on Charlie Jones in Cincinnati. And see if he climbs the ranks and then has a little bit of lady luck on his side. You know? So we'll see. We'll see. Ron Navy, you're live. Hey, it's very possible because Higgins was hurt a lot last year. So, yeah. 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 He might get a chance. But I agree with your take on Kincaid. But I also feel like Laporta's right there with him. I think Laporta's upside. I mm-hmm. love Laporta. 
And yeah. I think Laporta and Kincaid are very similar. Yeah. I think the reason I didn't put Laporta on, because I do like Laporta, and, and Laporta is going to go into a situation where in Detroit, they don't have Jamison Williams for six games. So him and Gibbs will absorb a lot of receptions early on. So it'll be kind of interesting to watch how they divide the ball around. But I just didn't think he was able to be number one. And Kincaid was a stretch enough because he's a rookie. But So I left Laporta off, but Laporta's like right down there. Laporta could be like top six or seven as a rookie. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, what do I think of Pitts and Fryermuth? I think Fryermuth could definitely potentially be on that list. He was a he was ranked above Kincaid, so I dipped even lower than Fryermuth. I dipped even lower than Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts could easily be the number one tight end if all goes well. I think people are writing him off just without any thought about what really went on last year. Like Kyle Pitts, I get it. You know, we don't know what Ritter is. I get it, but we seriously got to stop pretending that he played with Ritter. You know, it was it was London that got a chance to to dial it up with him. Pitts got injured, and Pitts was constantly being misused, as was London. And then when Pitts got hurt and London came in, Pitts didn't have the advantage of playing with with Ritter, and so we didn't get a chance to see them develop a rapport. So I think when everybody talks good of London, they should also have some some sort of higher expectation for. Kyle Pitts because Kyle Pitts didn't get a chance to play with the same guy that turned London's potential outlook around. And you add Bijan to the equation and maybe Kyle Pitts can't get a, a 1,200 yards or a 1,000 yards like a lot of people want. Maybe he is an 800 or 900 yard guy in this situation with Ritter, but he could pull in seven or eight touchdowns and have eight, eight or 900 yards. That would be a fantastic a fantastic uh, tight end season for for Kyle Pitts. So that's certainly in the cards. And Kincaid, while I've said to you specifically, Ron, and to everybody, tight ends usually do not develop or materialize till their second year, and that and that's when you go in and strike. And that's why I've been pretty, I've been so accurate in, in the in the tight end rankings in the in the industry contests where you know your boys rank number one over the course of 2020, 2019, 2018, um, average number one in the industry. Because the the sophomores are where it's at when you identify the right ones. And everyone gave up on Hawkinson after year one. And the same thing could happen to Mayer and Kincaid and Laporta. If those guys go out and have like dud seasons because tight ends don't translate as quickly, then in, in their sophomore year, that's the time to strike. But the unique thing about Kincaid, and we knew this could happen, landing spot could force feed this man when he's not even ready. He might not even be developed right, uh, well enough to be the player that he needs to be to be an elite player, but he's going to trip and fall into like five-plus touchdowns with ease. He could easily still trip and fall into like seven or eight touchdowns. It wouldn't shock me if, as a rookie, this guy had 10 touchdowns. It would be crazy, but it wouldn't be insane in this offense with Josh Allen, who's just throwing touchdowns around like crazy. There's touchdowns everywhere to be had. And the fact that he's going to play wide receiver at times, he's going to be in the slot, and they're going to play both tight ends at the same time, he could get number two wide receiver targets. Because Gabe Davis, as much as I loved Gabe Davis last year, as much as I still think he's got potential, it's not so much Gabe Davis. It's the situation. Gabe Davis has disappointed us so much. If he got replaced with a little bit better talent, we'd be saying the same thing about that player. and that It's that, it's that slot. 
that he's playing in. It's not Gabe Davis. It's not that I, I watch Gabe Davis and I say, this is the most unbelievable wide receiver in the world. He drops a lot. There's a lot of mistakes he makes. Gabe Davis constantly got his foot one foot in, inbounds, one foot out. It's like, what are you doing, man? You're a professional wide receiver. But he's in such a good situation, it's easy to like him and want to believe in him. If Kincaid replaces Gabe Davis essentially as the target hog after Diggs, a Diggs, a guy that isn't exactly, in my opinion, a lock to be, you know, like he's getting older. We don't know what could happen. Who knows how many games this guy ends up getting a majority of the targets in like a two or three game stretch. Let's say Diggs gets banged up. But if he becomes, if Diggs is healthy all year and Kincaid becomes the number two option there, like that is going to feed him seven to 10 touchdowns and probably seven or 800 yards on a season where he just isn't even ready to be an elite tight end. And so I'm so excited. This, there, there's no one more exci- I'm more, more excited about right now, aside from Bijan and Gibbs, than Kincaid. He, you know, I love Charbonnet from a sleeper, win a league, Alexander Madison on steroids times 10, light it on fire, then times it by 10 again. That's how much I love Charbonnet. I, lo- I, I think he's such a league winner. If you just grab just him and, and hold him, love drafting Walker and Charbonnet together. There is no other option. Don't even come in here and say, I'm going to grab just Walker. It'll be okay. That is not logical. But there are two ways to approach that Walker and Charbonnet or just Charbonnet. So I'm excited about Charbonnet. But because he's still in that backup role, you know, because he's still not a lock, it's Bijan and Gibbs tear break. And then the guy that is climbing a, like a racehorse up the rankings for me is Kincaid. And I honestly don't know where his limit's going to be. I don't know if he's going to climb like all the way to number six overall for me. He could climb to number five overall. I I honestly believe that. I had him just outside like the 10, 11, 12, 13 territory in the last mock draft that I did like a week ago. But he's racing up my rankings and I'm just getting a gut feeling, you know. Tonight, tonight. Tune in for the tune in for tonight's show. That's all I'm going to say because something might happen. Go ahead, Ron. Gabe Davis was hampered by an ankle injury a lot of last year too, so that's why he probably didn't look as good as we all wanted him to look. And Scott wasn't very high on Pitts, was he? he? I mean, he even thought he was like down in the eight nine range, or way down in the yeah. from the ADP. But what what I said about he didn't think about yeah, and what I said to everybody about Scott, because some people have said, hey, Scott didn't like this, or Scott wasn't really optimistic about that. Um, he he comes at it from a different angle. We are in the projection, or I am in the projection business. I'm trying to literally go to the end of the curve, and and you, you take your lumps when you do that. You know, I'm at the end of the curve. I'm trying to see what's around the curve, and then I'm trying to signal all of you over. Like, that's my job. That's how, I, if I was to describe how my job feels... It is literally crawling through all of the, the, it's like a war, just climbing through, getting blasted left and right. You're an idiot. What are you talking about? I'm just bleeding, getting hit in the face. And I crawl up around the corner and I look and there it is. There's a beauty. There he is. Dalton Kincaid. It is true. Dalton Kincaid. Everybody, come on over and take a look at this. That is my job. That is my job. And Scott's job isn't that. Scott's job is, hey, look what's in front of us. Look what he just did right there last week. He's going to probably do that again this week. That is Scott's, like, dimensions. Me, I'm trying he to live in. Say, he did say that he prefers the the veterans and the, and the guys that are already established yeah. more than the rookies. 
and and that's that's natural because he's going to be saying, "Hey, here today we're watching the NFL Red Zone, seven hours of commercial free football," and he's amazing at it, absolutely amazing. But he's going to have that different perspective, which is okay. But but yeah, he wasn't high on pits, and I almost went into that, but I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole, so I just you know let let that go. But yeah, I think a lot of people are just trying to to not really look at Kyle Pitts' situation last year and say. He didn't have a shot. He didn't. He didn't fail everybody. They didn't use him. Then he got hurt. Now you could blame, you know, getting hurt as a. You could point to that and say that's a failure. I I get it. You know, injury, injury to me in a certain context could be busting. In another context, it's not busting yet. Like tearing your ACL on a freak injury, like Brees Hall, Javante. Those are you can't say that they busted. It could have happened to any running back. Um, Lamar Jackson continuing to get hurt and running a ton, you could attribute that to, okay, he's going to bust again. He's going to do this again. Like, I understand that perspective, and I can't tie injury to busting in, in a sense. Uh, Todd Gurley, you know, at the end of his career, it, it, he was going to bust because he wasn't going to stay healthy. Christian McCaffrey, as much as we love him, there's still a significant fear that injury is going to have us all going, son of a... I knew it, I knew it, and then we're going to say, no, you didn't know it, John, or you wouldn't have drafted him number two overall. So, you know, <laughs> hindsight is always clear as day. I used to I, I used to know a guy, I used to know a guy, he'd say, I knew it, he'd say, I knew it over everything. He Like, you know, LeBron, have 50 points, I knew it, I knew it, and I'd always just, you know, you didn't know it. If you knew it, you would have done something about it. Like he always, he always said it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> am, am, I, am I allowed to say I knew it about Swift last year? Um, I don't know. Well, let the, well, let the the not really because you did come around and you liked them, so you took you took away your ability to do that. Because you did, you oh, did, you that. you did circle around. You were like, yeah, I'm I'm on Swift. Like you know, but your your initial reaction was right, Ron. I was hoping for him, but he didn't do it. Uh, 916, area code, you're live. Who's this? How's it going? It's Name's Matt. Um, I was with Kai a couple nights ago. I called in about the rookie draft, and then I, I hung up. That was the first time calling. So Okay, Matt, <laughs> but, who, uh, Matt who hangs up? That's your new name. What's well, up, Matt? There you go. Love it. But thanks for taking the phone call, man. And um, But no, I, I have to completely agree about Dalton Kincaid. I think, I mean, I got people in my league um, that aren't, that aren't going to touch him because they're just afraid. Of it. They have Dawson Knox. And it's like Dawson Knox who's 27. He's he's always hurt. Talk about Gabe Davis being hurt. So is Dawson Knox. Like, I think Dalton Kincaid can get the opportunity. Um, but I think, if you, I mean, even if he doesn't this year. He says, I mean, if he drops, I got some friends saying, I, I won't even touch him in the, in the second. Like, okay, cool. I'll scoop him up all day long. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, I completely agree. And, and, and this right here from, from Cheryl says, are we giving up on, on Dawson Knox? And the answer is, it's not that we're giving up on him. Like he, you know, it, it's, it's that it, he just can't, he can be, he can be, Okay, serviceable at best, bi-week, major injuries type of situation, sure. But yeah, I mean, Kincaid, when you get a guy like Kincaid that falls on your your roster and he could be the next Travis Kelsey, which is what some people coin him as, and I, I don't disagree. 
and to your point, there's so many people that doubt him. It's weird that there are people that think he could be the next Kelsey when there are so many people that say, I'm going to avoid him or I don't know. I, I don't get it. But yeah, Dalton, I'm not going to go go near Dalton. You maybe cuff the two, you know, because if one goes down, yeah. the other is going to do well. It's a pretty unique cuffing situation, especially in best ball. Like you get both those guys. There's no harm in having two guys in the same team. As long as you get another tight end that will be there for the bye week of Buffalo. But, I mean, Knox Knox will do better if Kincaid's out. And if Knox goes down, Kincaid... I don't even know that Kincaid even does better the, the games and Knox is out. This guy's going to line up as a wide receiver. He's not the blocking tight end. And and Scott even said this. When, whenever they're going to be blocking using one tight end, it's not going to be Kincaid. But I think Kincaid, if they're only having one tight end set and it's a blocking assignment... I think Kincaid might very well be out there as a wide receiver. I really wonder, and people laugh at me right now, and I don't know if this will really materialize, but but I really wonder if Kincaid will somehow get him dual eligibility. Like, if this guy's out there playing wide receiver, we don't know if he'll line up as a wide receiver or if he'll break out. Will, will he still be, you know, uh, in, in tight end sets, you know, two tight end sets, and, you know, just runs a route. I don't know if he literally lines up in the slot as a wide receiver over and over and over again. I wonder if a conversation will be had on a big scale, like a, a top level, you know, Hey, this guy is actually a wide receiver on top of a tight end. And I don't know. I mean, that could yeah. be advantageous and, you know, it'd be more advantageous the other way. <laughs> you know, if he was a wide receiver that all of a sudden became a tight end, but it still could have its advantages, you know, for your lineup and movability within your lineup. But Kincaid is just, I'm getting, I'm telling you, I know, I know sometimes I, I will, I will beat a dead horse on topics. Like you're going to probably hear a lot of, just be prepared. A lot of Gibbs convo in the, in the coming week still. It's not like I'm just going to stop because you got to understand from, from my, you know, angle of this, there are a lot of people that are going to watch my show today that aren't going to watch yesterday's show. And just because I have a Gibbs video out a week ago, yesterday, the day before that as well, doesn't mean that tomorrow and two weeks from now, those people coming back to watch football again that have been dormant for a while are going to see that. Like, I can't just not, I can't just address something then move on for a month. Like, so Gibbs is going to be, I'll try and make it as fresh as I can. I do, I do two, three hour shows sometimes, so I have plenty of other content. <laughs> like, I'm just cranking out Gibbs content only. Uh, but Gibbs is going to get talked about a ton. Bijan, Kincaid. Those will be in Mingo. Mingo was his name. Oh, hold on. Let me play the animation. Hold on. Hold on. M-I-N-G-O. And Mingo was his name. Oh. And then and then I want to go down the avenue of Hyatt, Downs. Joshua Downs. Look, Josh Downs, you're going to hear a lot of him come out of my mouth. I'm going to talk a lot about Joshua Downs because... This is a very good situation in Indy for him. He could become the number one option. I know everyone's going to say, what about Pittman? What about Pittman? What about Pittman? Like, did, did anybody not learn their lesson last year when they're drafting this guy? Sometimes at the end of round two, and my jaw would drop when someone would call in and say, hey, Smitty, I was thinking about taking Pittman at, at uh, 2.12 or 3.3. Or 3.2. And I kept saying all offseason, are you out of your mind? Are you out of your mind? What makes you think Pittman is a number one elite fantasy football wide receiver? Number one for his team at the time, sure. 
but number one fantasy football wide receiver, even at the lower end, there's no way. There's no way. Pittman failed miserably. And and when I say downs could be the number one in Indy from the jump, and people act act all crazy about it, like, oh, you chair, were you Pittman? Does this guy watch football? What has Pittman done to earn your loyalty? Could he be a two, a good two? Sure. Uh, who's who's making weird noises? Uh, let's go to let's go to uh, Jake the Snake. You're live. I like that. I like that take. I think um, Joshua Dow's going to be the one in Indy. You're not saying like a one overall. You're just saying like one on a team. And Pittman, Pittman massively underwhelmed last year. Are you, I'm with you. Are you on the can? Not justified capital. Are you on the can, bro? Because you said there's a lot of echo going on. I feel like you're on the can. No, I'm in. I'm in an, uh, like a conference room right now. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. Unfortunately, I, but maybe I can just talk lower. That, that's okay. So what, what's up, bro? You, what did you say earlier? Uh, Gibbs can't be top five. Why can't Gibbs be top five? What, what's in your sports book almanac that tells us that this is not happening for sure? Because you got a lot of certainty in your voice Whoa. again. No, I just I, I think it's a bit premature to give Gibbs that nod when he's in a committee backfield with Monty. It's not like Dijon or Gibbs walks into it like an 80, 90% workload. Gibbs is not going to be seeing that many touches. And Monty's still a problem for Gibbs. I don't, I don't think he's a problem. So I think calling him like a top five lock is a bit. It's interesting. Or maybe not a top. I think you said top ten. I said, I said, top, I said top, top five to ten. But it's interesting how you word Monty's going to be a problem for Gibbs. I don't see it that way at all. I think that Gibbs needs Monty. Like if you took Monty off the team, I wouldn't like it. I, if you told me I'll take Monty right now and I'll ship him over to, I'll ship him back to Chicago, Smitty. I can press this button right now and make it happen. I would say no. I I think that we need somebody making Gibbs this more wide receiver than running back. Like, I imagine his wide receiver yardage totals and his receptions are the heavy part of his stat line every every game. I don't think Monty's going to absorb even close to the same the same amount of uh, PPR volume that Gibbs is going to get. And so if you say Gibbs gets 80% of the PPR work, let's say, and I think that's a very feasible number for a guy they just spent the number 12 overall pick, and they literally bear-hugged each other when it happened. Like, I almost thought the GM was going to get picked up and you know do the whole full bear hug situation when they drafted him at 12 they are they were ecstatic about it um if he gets 80 percent of the ppr work all he needs is half of the running work and that's that's a that's a that's more volume than any running back can handle you know to get a hundred like near 100 percent of the ppr work and 50 percent of the rushing work is someone sleeping on the phone is that you bruce no no oh. We're hearing some some heavy breathing going on, uh, Bruce. What do you think about Gibbs being five to ten? Uh, you know, that's what I was going to ask you. Technically, which one is a harder threat to the other one? Is Algier a bigger threat to Bijan or is Monty to Gibbs? I don't think either one is a threat, and that's why I'm so excited about both their landing spots. That's why I'm so excited, unlike everybody that, that has concerns with that, I'm so excited about Algier and uh, Monty still being there. 
I, I don't think you want to give Bijan 100% of the work. You want to give him 80%, 75% of the volume and keep him fresh, keep him efficient. And Algier, look, Algier had 1,000 yards, and, and we all love Algier. We all do. But he's he doesn't hold even a candle to Bijan. There's no, Jake, you bailed again. There's no, uh, they, he lost reception in the crapper. There's there's no concern about, Al, like, when you asked me that, I almost forgot Algier was on the roster, Bruce. I am I'm 0%, <laughs> if not negative percent, concerned about volume for Bijan. I'll tell you that right now. 0%. I could care less who's on that roster. I don't care if they brought in Cream Hunt tomorrow. I don't care if they say, we're going to bring in Cream Hunt too. It wouldn't bother me. I'd, la- I'd be laughing because other people would be reacting to it. 0% concerned. Gibbs? Because I was thinking it might be Monty, but Monty might just take the goal line work. If that makes any sense. Uh, he's going to take some goal line work for sure. But A, will he stay healthy? B, we don't want Gibbs getting A and B gap runs all the time anyway. Like, But I think Gibbs will get, let's call it 40% of the goal line work or somewhere near the, the goal line, even if it's not true goal line carries, if it's like, let's say the five or six yard line, four yard line, three yard line, those are situations where I think you've got like draw plays and or, you know, pitch plays and in, in, in ways that you're you're literally checking down to this guy and he walks right untouched into the end zone. He All he needs is a, a, a seam or a crease and he's gone. He can go untouched through a, a closing you know, gap or territory of of players closing in on him. He's just electric. He's he's got such like burst and wiggle and ability to hit a hole that's closing and just be gone. So Monty, Monty is going to be like a guy that gets, I don't know, eight hundred yards, seven hundred yards, eight hundred yards, whatever the yardage is going to be. I don't even really know. I could be off a little bit in either direction, but like eight touch, seven eight touchdowns is possible. I don't think he's a player you wouldn't you you wouldn't mind having him on your bench to come in and be your running back three in a, on occasion or whatever. I'm fine with that. But Gibbs is Gibbs is I I have zero concern about Gibbs's volume. I think they're going to feed that man like crazy. I think you don't spend 12 overall draft capital on a guy like that if you're not going to use him. They wanted to use Swift that way for whatever reason they didn't. This is kind of like Kadarius Tony, to be honest. Uh, Swift and Kadarius Tony are the same in the same situation. One team got rid of them. We we kind of know maybe why with Swift it was injury. There could be some other issues we don't know about with Kadarius Tony was injury and attitude. They both go to their new environments. We'll see what's what. We'll see if both of them end up thriving in their new environments and they, they take the second chance and they run with it, or will both of them falter and fail, and will we look back at the teams that got rid of them and say, they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. So Swift has that gamble. I know Ron doesn't like Swift. Swift has that gamble. He is an injury risk 100%. Like, there's no way you can sugarcoat that. But at round six, the question becomes, is Ron or or the person like me taking the stance of I like Swift in round six value and I'll take that risk all day long. I, am I wrong for risking my six round capital on a what I consider to be low risk, high reward situation? Or is a guy like Ron who says, I'm staying away from him. Get off my lawn. Uh, th- this guy's already burned me and I don't want to risk anything. 
on this guy. Which stance is correct? Nobody's right or wrong yet, but there is, I think, a, a happy medium, and 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 I think that it all comes down to that ADP. If the ADP climbs for Swift into round four, you're going to watch me shift over to the. I'm probably not going to go down the the DeAndre Swift Avenue. I'm just not. But at six round value, I'm sitting here looking at the pessimistic viewpoint and saying, how do you not like this newfound value that is not what it used to be? Like, no one's having to draft this kid at number 12 overall anymore. That's where we took him last year. And unfortunately, he burned every single one of us because he couldn't stay healthy. And even when he was healthy, they for some reason didn't use him. And that that fear uh, people have of how they didn't use him when he was healthy is it's striking the confidence of Gibbs for people that are questioning that situation a little bit and they're and they're making they're making sure they stay clear of Gibbs because they're worried that if well if Swift was healthy and they didn't use him, they just don't like smaller backs and they're not considering the whole picture here. It's it's more about Swift. It has nothing to do with the size of the player. Gibbs is gonna be uh, he's gonna be a like a just a uh, a joy to watch. I, I'm just excited about Jamal Gibbs. Uh, let's go over. Even though, let's go over to Ron real quick. Uh, looks like Matt, who hangs up, hung up. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Jake, the snake, hung up. I don't know if Jake's coming back in. Uh, Jake changed his name back to That's Fire. What's that about? Oh no, That's Fire and Jake are different, aren't they? Yeah, that's. I'm sorry, they're different people. No, this thing, Jake the Snake, used to be that fire, but somebody else could have used that. Okay, Pierce is my number one. I'm all set on. Jake, I don't know if you if you got upset or if you just you had to you had to continue doing what you were doing. I don't know, Javante. Javante Pierce is my number one share percentage at running back right now. Says Jake the Snake. I don't hate that take, but I I certainly don't I don't know what to make of Pierce right now. I like him a lot. We obviously liked him so much last year. He was a, a player that really helped a lot of us win leagues, and so you know for that we owe him a debt of gratitude because we all relied on him, we all counted on him, we watched other people avoid him, and we cleaned up in the Damian Pierce sweepstakes last year. But this year is a little bit harder to like. I think if he's in round six territory, like if he's where DeAndre Swift is, it's the same question and debate I just had with Swift. What's the risk? The risk is pretty baked in. If you can get Pierce as a six rounder, that's great. If you've got to spend a top of five, then you got to ask yourself, well, who's around the top of five? You've got London over there. I'd rather have London. You've got uh, Joe Burrow falling to 5.1. I'd rather have Joe Burrow. You've got, you know, a lot of different players that could emerge in that Damian Pierce potential territory of being drafted that would make me say, I like Pierce, but I can't go that route. But if he falls into mid-six, that's where Swift becomes absolutely low-risk, high, high reward. And Pierce becomes low-risk, high, high reward. But both of them, what's crazy is that line in the sand is not a very thick line. That line when Swift and Pierce both cross it and go into round five it flips really quickly for me sometimes that line's very very wide you know a very thick line in the sand where it's like you know i kind of like them i kind of like them i kind of like them i 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 love them you know like that many draft picks that i'm debating that whereas other players it's like 
every draft pick, I, I don't like them, I don't like them, I love them. It's just a sharp turn, you know, it's weird. The line in the sand is very, very weird. Um, Ron, what else, what else you got? I bet when, when, when Scott said to you that Pickett was going to have a great season and he heard from people that Pickett was doing good, looking good, going to be good, going to make a huge Ron, did you just like, did you have to sit down? I was already sitting here. Oh, see. I was on the back porch <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I got a big, big ass grin on my face and I'm like, yeah, finally. Somebody outside the community is right. not going to trash me. Uh, and if you say something like that, you become, you become credible and Ron, you could say anything else. The next line and Ron Navy goes, that guy knows who he's talking about. <laughs> Ron got so, Ron let a lot of kids play on his lawn today. He, he wasn't upset. He was uh, he was very giving. Ron was throwing out t- super chats like it was like they were just thumbs up. Like I'm like hit that like button. Ron would throw a super chat out. Hit that like button. Ron would throw a super chat out. And then when he he called upon uh, the services of of uh, of Scott Hansen and said and asked if I could ask that question, he was he was thrilled. It was funny. Yeah, Scott Scott was good. Go watch that interview if anybody missed it. It's it's, uh, it's one video back. It was a good interview. It was about 40, 40 minutes with Scott, I think, roughly. And uh, let, let me let me play that one video. It's too bad, it's, it's too bad that you couldn't have got him like on your on the prime prime show, where because we would have had more people in there watching. If it was this time period. Yeah, we did get over a hundred though. I'm going to be interested to see how many. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, it's gonna be interesting. I'm gonna keep an eye on it. See how many uh, rewatches you get. Yeah, so far you should get a lot. Yeah, so far we're at like 900 or something like that. Is a very very quick return of, of views. But but we had a, over 100. We're we're like 15 viewers off right now. Things are gonna get crazy for us. Hopefully here in the next couple weeks. Um, I think this time last year we were around like 30 or 40 views per show, like uh, congruent, like 40 maybe 50 people in the room, 40 50 people. I think I'm not positive. This year we're double or more, triple in some cases. So I really wonder what August is going to look like for us. I think we're gonna we're gonna explode, and it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun year. Uh, Corey Davis gonna be, gonna be the Jets Lazard. I don't know. I'm not. What's funny is you know I'm still haven't hit my year mark yet, Mitty. So. This time last year, I wasn't listening to your show. Yeah, you're going to be a, a full year here. I think Joe's right. We were in the 140s when Scott was in there, so we got a, we got a good amount of people in there. At first, it was like four. Like YouTube didn't give the alert because I'd already had the live premiere, and everybody got alerted to the premiere, so YouTube didn't give the alert. But I think everybody's understanding they need to get to my Instagram, and if you're subscribed to my or if you're following me on Instagram. And you turn on the on my profile, you click the bell and turn on all the notifications. Or you DM me and you say, "Put me in the alert group," and I put a I send a message every time I go live. But everybody's starting to to make sure they're they're doubling down on the notifications, which is cool. And we're starting to get people in the no, yeah, notifications. Gary yeah, didn't get the alert, and uh, on IG, I tell him, "Get on the show, Scott Hansen's on." Oh my God! And it's like here's Terry. Terry showed up. He didn't get notifications. Terry on patrol. Uh, let's hit. Let's see. Uh, uh, Bruce, what else you got, Bruce? Well, going back to the the tight ends, we disagree. 
but we disagree because of the past. I like Laporta. He's my tight end one. I mean, he's good. But here's why. But here's why. He came from Iowa. Iowa is known for their tight ends. Kittle came from there, and so did Hawkinson. Mm -hmm. That's why I always look towards the past for the future. Dial in again. I missed that call. Yeah, I, I hear you. And, and, and Laporta's good. Laporta's a really good tight end. He's only like a, a a tad. Some would say he's even better at some things than Kincaid. I've heard that by a few people. But I think Kincaid's just the most likely to become the next top three tight end. I think Laporta, to me, can be very, very good. We're talking like top five to six. Like he could be a top five to seven tight end. He could be as good as Fryermuth or potentially better you know like so that that's a really really good tight end so I don't think I'm selling him short at all I just if I had to say that there is a Hawkinson or Kelsey or whatever uh, a, a new new uh, Kyle Pitts prospect that is probably this guy right here who's catching footballs like from from the best quarterback one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and Josh Allen so it'll be very, very interesting to see how quickly he develops. Laporta's got a good quarterback situation. It's not amazing. It's good. Really decent right now. Goff's good. He's not He's not amazing. He's good. The offense is borderline amazing, though. So it makes Laporta live inside a very conducive uh, uh to scoring and, and a lot of production and a lot of goal line looks and living in the red zone. That's all very, very good. But there is a lot that needs to be spread around. Josh Allen, and, and they run the ball a lot, and they throw to the running backs a lot. Josh Allen's very more you know, tunnel vision, and and he, he produces as much production as anybody, but he actually focalizes it on less players. He doesn't spread the ball around quite as much. So Josh Allen, to me... Is going to force Kincaid in in in, in kind of like Aaron Rodgers fast tracked Christian Watson last year. We might see this kid get fast tracked in a way that nobody even expected. Even looking at it, saying "I love his situation," even those people will be like, "Wow, I didn't expect it to evolve this quickly." I just think that it's the best situation. It is the best situation. Josh Allen, like this is crazy. Oh, a tight end that kind of plays wide receiver. Going to a place where Gabe Davis has been disappointing, and I admit I liked him last year. I had I had high hopes, but again, a lot of my high hopes stemmed from the situation. You know, it wasn't Gabe Davis; it was Gabe Davis, and especially the situation. That situation is potentially putting Dalton Kincaid in the fastest track possible of becoming an elite tight end, and he's such a good route runner. I would have loved Mayer. Let me put it this way: if Mayer would have went to Buffalo and Kincaid would have went to Las Vegas, I'm not going to sit here and lie and tell you that I'd still be all over the Kincaid train. I, I think Mayer and Kincaid were both very, very close. They're both very different, but they're both they're both, they're both both elite. And and the one of them getting Jimmy G, no offense, Bruce, one of them getting Jimmy G or lesser. Maybe they don't ever get a quarterback in for years. And the other one getting Josh Allen... The difference, the difference in talent, whatever it could have been, it's just completely irrelevant now. Kincaid is going to excel, and Mayer is going to just sit stagnant. 
and this kid's going to learn. He's going to absorb. He's going to get fed. I can't wait. It's going to be marvelous. Um, Hold on one second, Ron and the Bruce. Let me swing on over to uh, Jake the Snake and then George from the Bay. Yeah, so I guess what my question is, is like, what's your favorite strategy to do at tight end? Because are you like a guy who would want to stack Ingram and Kincaid? Because I feel like, you know, Kelsey's off the table because no one's going to deploy draft capital to take him there, at least like in our community. So like, what do you, what do you do? Do you grab two that you like? Because like, I mean, if you have to take these guys in like the eighth or the eighth through the 12th round, it's like, who cares anyway? If you're deploying the capital there, do you just grab two? Great. What do you do? Great question. And, and when we look at the tight end position, and this is one reason that I, I love doing tight end rankings that get looked at and, you know, and there's a contest going on for it or whatever in the industry is there's always a tight end that's outside the top 10 that ends up being top five almost every year, almost every single year. So there are a grip of players and all we have to do is isolate them and say to ourselves, who is the guy outside the top 10 that has this capability to become this top five guy because it's going to happen every year it happens. And when we look at this general list, Kincaid, Cole Komet, Conquo I like a lot, and we, we made him king of the mountain for a, mo- a brief moment when, before we started to move down, but his quarterback situation is not the greatest. Um, when you get down to this, like even Friar Muth, you know, he's ranked outside the top five. He could easily be top five. He's borderline seven, eight, nine, ten. Like, just depends on someone's rankings. I mean, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I mean, Pat Friar Muth on a very solid list with only Waller and Goddard and Kittle and Ingram above him which I could totally see somebody ranking that. Pat Frymuth is ninth. Uh, Cole Komet, Kincaid, Jelani Woods. Uh, you know, Mayer, I guess, is a backup, you know, in case they, they do decide to throw the football to him and they, they figure out a way to let Jimmy G, you know, throw the ball to him, make, make him first reads, then that would work because Jimmy hits his first reads and he's out of there. I, Kincaid and Cole Komet on this list right here, and I can go even deeper too, they stand out. They stick out like sore thumbs. This is how my mind works when I do a tight end ranking and I'm trying to pr- be predictive. Who sticks out like a sore thumb? Aconquo, Komet, and Kincaid. Those guys, to me, just are glaring. Like They could climb into the top five. So I'm not about drafting. I'm, I'm about drafting Kyle Pitts. Look at Kyle Pitts. He's three or four, but where are we getting him? Round six. I'm fine with that. I'll take Kyle Pitts all day in round six. Past that... I'd much rather have, you know, Ingram later than that would be great, but I'd much rather have a Fryermuth and, and Cole Komet, a Fryermuth and Kincaid, a, a Conquo and Kincaid, a Cole Komet and Kincaid are, are a popular combo for me. I'm grabbing Cole Komet and Kincaid in a lot of drafts. And I'll, I'll wait on Kincaid a little bit. I'll, I'll start Cole Komet. Cole Komet, he was like, he was, he was Fields' number one option for a while. And there was a lot of upside in, and I just think that now he's going to have more attention off of him because he he literally was defenses are like, well, who are we going to guard? These scrubs or can or Cole Komet? Cole Komet is going to be able to run freely, and and I think Fields has good rapport with him. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if this guy had eight touchdowns. Cole Komet wouldn't shock me if Komet and Kincaid both had eight plus touchdowns each. He's due. I really like I really like him this year. 
I really, really like him. DJ Moore is the best thing that could have ever happened to him. So that's my approach for tight ends. George from the Bay, you're live. What up, Smitty? What's up? I'm late to the stream, but uh looks like we're talking tight ends. And I uh, did this draft earlier. I think you'd be surprised at it. Um, I had the one 1.10, and I went Diggs and Allen the first two, and then I did the late tight end strategy. I got Komet, Kincaid, and then I took Laporta late. Um, but, you know, I got London, I got Walker, Pickens, like, I love drafting without the people from the chat because I get all the guys, yeah. you know what I mean? It's so fun. It's so fun. Did you get Charbonnet? You better not have got Walker and no Charbonnet, bro. I got, I got Charbonnet in round 10. There is, like, there's no more, there's no greater take a lap moment for anybody. If you listen to anything I said all day long. And I, it's got Hanson on the show. There's a lot to listen to. If you listen to anything I say this entire day, there's one thing you take away. If you draft Walker and you don't you don't draft Charbonnet, no show for you for two weeks. For two weeks. <laughs> well, you know, in, in round 10, I was sitting there with the decision because I was, gonna, I was that's when I was going to start taking my tight ends, right? And I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, I got to take Komet in round 10. And then I see Charbonnet sitting there. I'm like, I got to take Charbonnet. I can't pass on him. So I took him and Komet still fell to me. Uh, Ryan, I'll try and find that link. I got to dig for it myself, so I can't do that live. But I'll, I'll do my best to figure out a way to link it somewhere. Um, Ryan, are you in? Are, is this, I don't know what Ryan this is, but are you in any of the the DM groups? Let me know which one you're in, and I'll try and remember to drop it. Uh, Kevin dropping a super chat on screen. Kevin, appreciate you, Kevin. Kevin, my guy, says the tight end whisper. You know it. Look, you know it. I I mean, I forget what years it was. Let me go look real quick. I mean, I, I, it is what it is. I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna talk about your accolades. Number one, here it is. Let me put it right here. I mean, I, I, it's not just the tight end position. I was number one in quarterback as well for, for three, for three straight years. Uh, here's, here's the the fantasy pros thing. So yeah, I was number one in the entire fantasy football industry in tight end rankings over the 2019 to 2020 and 2021 time frame. And I believe I was actually number one twice. And that's over hundreds and hundreds of analysts that they bring in or whatever. So the average I was one and I was number one twice. I, I believe it was twice. Uh, and then the quarterback rankings. And quarterbacks are quarterbacks were my were, you know, from the beginning, my wheelhouse, too. I mean, I from like the Josh Allen, the Patrick Mahomes is all, all those. You know, those weren't as easy to see coming as people like to remember. But I ranked number one over 2019, 2020, and 2021 in quarterback rankings. And I ranked number one, I think, at least once on that. But that averages for those three years. But the tight end position is all about striking after this sophomore, this rookie season for most of these guys. And I usually follow that, that, that same course of action. I don't like hugely invest in rookie tight ends. But when it comes to Kincaid, it's different. Situation makes it different. So Kincaid to the moon. Let me just put it this way. You're going to want to watch tonight's live stream. Something might happen. To the moon. How do you keep track of that, Smitty? Uh, It's kept track for you. 
it's just a contest that gets run and then you're you're alerted when you're what your place you finish um anyway um Smitty Burrow is down to QB6 in ADP rankings, which is so crazy, bro. It is absolutely crazy. The win a league player of the year right now is Joe Burrow. Like, the fact that he's falling to QB5-6, the fact that on underdog, you're getting him sometimes in round five. Ron, the last couple underdogs you've done, where is Joe Burrow gone? Like, give me an idea. Four. Actually, yeah, one earlier, he went, he went round five, actually. I, like I have to, yep. I have to like. The, I'm writing down these videos that I'm, I'm doing a a Joe Burrow video, um, because we got we got we got hammer at home. You're, you're gonna get in drafts where you know people go after a quarterback early, and you're gonna get in drafts that people fade. So it's gonna differ. I mean, it's, yeah, depending but, on what type but, of draft. There is, I mean, look what happened. Look what happened with Joe Burrow last year, but specifically Jalen Hurts. These were two guys that were on our go get them and you'll win a league in the sixth round uh, territory. And how many people had Hurts and they smashed it? You know, raise your hand in the chat. Hurts is a monster, just an absolute monster. And if there is a quarterback, and that quarterback is Joe Joe Burrow that can do the same thing on repeat, rinse and repeat. It it's we already know the formula. You get a Hertz in round six, seven. You're if you hit your other stuff even remotely close to what you thought, you're winning your league. Joe Burrow, there 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 is no greater win a league player than Joe Burrow. None, not one person. Gibbs in round four is the closest second place that I can come up with. I'm probably doing a video on these two guys, Joe Burrow. Gibbs, I know I keep talking about Gibbs. These are your win a league players. You get Joe Burrow in five and Gibbs in four. What are we talking about here? <laughs> Imagine what your team's going to look like. Like, look at this. Look at this. Round one. Let's say we get, uh, let's go with, uh, let's go with Bijan. We get Bijan in one. Okay. Round number two. We go with who? Ron, give me someone. Is it is it Hall? Let's go with the wide receiver. Give me a wide receiver. St. Brown? Sure. Alave. Alave's in round Alave. three. Alave's in round three. Alave. Not no more. Is he is he officially, officially climbed to two, well, though? I, I've seen him in two a few times. He went in two. Yeah, few, yeah but a few times if, means... If, if you're taking, taking Bijan, that means you got a top five pick. So that means you're going to have a late second round. Yeah, so so a lot of, but George this is George who's chiming in right now. George, you're reaching too high on everybody. You're you you you're, you have no say here. You have no say. You're 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 a captain reach a lot. You reach no matter what. I'm telling you, a few drafts doesn't mean a lot of all drafts. So but Smitty, I like my guys. So, I, so, I gotta take my guys. So round four Gibbs and then Joe Burrow round five. Does anybody in here, and let me just get my take a lap button ready. Does anybody in here in the chat or on the phone line think that this this team doesn't absolutely smash? I'm just curious. I'm I got my I got my finger on the take a lap button, by the way. But does anybody believe that this isn't gonna absolutely smash? Bijan St. Brown, Alave, Gibbs Burrow. And if you don't like St. Brown here, you know what? You can go 
with Burrow. Oh, we could eat, or I'm sorry, a uh, uh, hall. And we could even do this if we want to. Uh, if we want to to mix it up and do a different a different approach, we'll do Jamar Chase in round one. That means you got to end of round two. So we'll go Brees Hall. This is not the time for the marker to fail. Yeah, but the problem is the problem with uh, that um, committee is Burrow will go in round four more than he he'll drop to round five. Well, but yeah, but the the thing is the the it's changing though, Ron. Like we're we're noticing the trend. Oh. The tr- the trend is that he's falling. Yeah, I understand. So I, I, what I'm saying is we're we're trying to be prepared for it. If he's falling, that means the trend is is materializing in front of our very eyes, and and we're you got to expect it. It's going to be uh, further and further. Uh, George from the Bay. While I get this, go ahead ask a question. Go. Oh, I, I don't have a question prepared. Sorry. You know, I think the thing with Burrow, and I think why he dropped him, is yeah, I, mean, I think most people don't consider him a rushing quarterback like, you know, Hurts or Allen or even Mahomes, even though he can rush. I don't think people look at him as a rush. So I think they're they're that's why he's lower. They should consider him a, a decent they should consider him a decent runner because that guy's going to get two hundred, you know, thirty to two hundred fifty sure, rushing but, yards, four or five touchdowns, and that, given the given the difference I'm of his saying how how he's being right, 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 like majority of people, right, and, and that's what, why I think he falls. And what I'm saying is when I agree, and what I'm saying is when you can throw for five thousand yards versus throw for. You know, whatever Hertz is going to be well below that, well below that, way more than a thousand below that. So the fact that Burrow could throw for 43 touchdowns, still run another three to four in, or let's say he throws for 40 even, he's going to have more touchdowns than Hertz. He's going to have more yardage than Hertz. And yeah, Hertz will counterbalance that as well, but they're going to be very, very similar because of the divide in, in their, their workload. But here's my other example here. So Gibbs in round four. And Burrow in round five, if you can pull this off and get Jamar Chase, Brees Hall, Chris Olave, it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Who here doesn't think they're smashing with that team? I feel like we're playing 3D chess right now and everyone else is playing checkers when we do some of this ADP work. It's crazy. Or, or we also maybe go Naughty in round four. That's a smash. I'm fine with that. 100%. I'm fine with that. Ron's fine with that. Um... Reports are the Lions tried to trade Swift to the Rams first, but they didn't want him. Says D Town. Well, they have Acres too, and they're 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 banking on that. Garrett dropped a super chat a minute ago. I'm sorry. Uh, Neil dropped a super chat. Appreciate that. Garrett dropped a super chat. I'm sure that's something negative, but we'll check it out anyway because we love the man. He shoot super chats even when he's upset at me. And uh, Kevin dropped a super chat. Ryan, I did get Ryan. Ryan says something about Hugh Jackson. That link, Ryan. Um, appreciate you. What about uh, New York Jets? Um, I don't know, bro. Christian, appreciate your super chat. Let me let me get to that one second. And I think I'm I think I'm caught up on the super chats on the screen at least. Ter- Terry Roberts just dropped a five dollar. What's that noise? Who who's Who's snoring on the line there? Hugh Jackson link. 
There, there's the link. Uh, Terry Roberts dropped it. I, I mean, I can't. What was that? Uh, that was me. What, Bruce, you all right? Yeah, I just touched my back. Oh. Just make sure, <laughs> making sure you're okay. Let me see if this will let me drop the link. Here we go. Yeah, it will. Here's the, the Hugh Jackson link, whoever was asking for it. Yeah, Bruce, last time you like you, you had a thing go on and we were worried about you. Yeah, Bruce, so Bruce, you make sure you, you, you need anything, you let us know. Uh, t- oh. Tight end whisper. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate I did get to that. Uh, this one right here. Who do you like over Kincaid redraft? Let's put it that way. Um, in redraft, who do I like over Kincaid? That's crazy. That's a crazy question to me because like, I, I just, I'll, I, I cost, I would rather have Kincaid than a lot of these guys, but it doesn't mean I would draft Kincaid over them. So understand what I'm saying. But, but would I rather draft Kincaid and Cole Komet later than draft Mark Andrews in the third round? Yes. Would I rather draft uh, Kittle in round four or Kincaid late in Conquo or Kincaid and Cole Komet late? Yes. So it's not about like what I draft Kincaid over these guys. It's just that's one of my that's my favorite approach right now. Redraft Kincaid and another player. And that to Jake the Snake's question or point, that's what you do. You cuff him to another player because maybe he's not ready right away. Maybe he doesn't you know turn it on right away. You got to be prepared for that. But Cole Komet's there for the to be your savior there. So thank you, Neil, for that. Garrett says, Joku best value at tight end and best ball right now, Smitty. I don't know. If I, what, what is... This reminds me of Pittman. Like, what what is Njoku done? What what did Njoku... Am I am I missing something? What did Njoku finish with last year? It, it, did he just... Did he go crazy and I'm just not remembering it well? Am I blocking no, it out? He, I mean, he did well when he played, but... He yeah, yeah, but but field. but that's he's, the... He's that's, that's been the problem. Like, Njoku... Let's see. Let me look was, at it. He was six twenty-eight and four TDs. Yeah, that's okay. He didn't. He didn't. Uh, he didn't blow anything out of the water. Like that's. He, here's his. Here's his uh, career stats. Yeah, he gets hurt. He gets hurt more than almost anybody, and he's a such a big dude. Sometimes the bigger they are, the harder it is to stay healthy. You know, the stronger looking, the you know bigger the muscles. Remember, remember the. Uh, I I told the story about uh, uh, the what's the. I always forget the name of the movie, Draft Day, Draft Day. How how funny it was, and it's one of my it's one of my favorite movies. It's not a great movie, like I can admit, it's one of those movies that I love to watch. I play it on repeat a lot. Um, sometimes when I'm working here, I like to put on stuff I've already seen, and I put it on a lot. I, I like it. It's really really good. I watch it a couple times every like maybe quarter, and, and I just it's just fun. It's a fun movie. It's just a fun movie. But I remember when I first watched it. I literally wanted to like walk out a couple of points because I'm like, this is just so silly. You know, like, did he go to Bo's party? Oh, nobody went to Bo's birthday party. So that must mean we don't draft him because he didn't have his own teammates at his birthday party. And I thought to myself, there are people that are introverts. There are people like Kyler, right? This is kind of what I'm thinking. But look what that did. Look how much Kyler is a big problem. He's not a team player. He doesn't mingle with his 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 bros. This is like this is a it, it's crazy, and, and so I, I know I'm I'm on a tangent here. I'm trying to swing back around, but the whole muscle shirt thing that Levis wear, like he wears muscle shirts and he shows off his guns, talks about his cannon, really cocky and arrogant. And I would have laughed back in the day when draft day came out, which was I don't know what year that was. It was a long time ago. 
Um, I would have probably laughed at, oh, muscle shirts? You're not going to draft a guy because of muscle shirts? You're not going to draft a guy because he's got, you know, swole arms? That's not your typical quarterback. You don't want a quarterback that's got cannons, you know, on his arms and, and just absolute bodybuilder muscles. That's not a traditional quarterback. That's not a guy that's going to have the, the ability to throw the rock. Look at Tom Brady's arms. You know, like, that's the greatest of all time. And so, it's funny, though, when you see these things, and, and I forget why I even got on that tangent. I think it was a talk about Njoku. You see this big monster, and he's got muscles, and he's just bursting out of his jersey and shirt. And it's you think, oh, this guy's going to thrive. But there's certain body types, like the quarterback. You don't want the guy. And, and, and they say a lot of the teams passed on Levis because of his arrogance and the fact that he wore his muscle shirts trying to show off his arms. And they're like, we don't want that. We don't want a guy with arms like that. You know, and and I, the old me would have laughed. The younger version of me would have laughed at that. But now I, I, it's the way teams scout. It's the way scouts look at this. And I would tell you if I was scouting in Joku, he's never gonna last. He's too big for his own good. He can't play a tight end position. Remember David Boston for the Cardinals? That guy was a monster. He couldn't last at the tight end position. How is he gonna pick himself up off off the ground fifteen times a game? You know, it was just not going to work. David Boston couldn't stay healthy. He was like what you would think would be your prototypical tight end because he was bigger than everybody. And you thought this is going to work great. It didn't. And so it, it's just a funny kind of like spin on all this is why I brought it up. But look at Njoku's stat, his stat, his game logs. So since 2019, he's had trouble staying on the field. 4, 13. He did play 16, but that's alarming. He played 16 games, got 36 receptions, 475, and 4 TDs. That's, you know, in 14 games last year, 58 receptions, 628, 4. It's a good year. And you could say with Deshaun Watson getting under center in the offseason, commanding the offense, getting better, maybe it works out. But I don't know. I It's not a bad take. Garrett to say that he's a uh, good value, but you better pair him with somebody. If you do that, then how can I argue against you liking it? I can't, but I'm just staying yeah, away would, from him. I wouldn't feel comfortable with him being my tight end one, that's for sure. Yeah, Neil says Hurts around four one me leagues. That's why Jake's takes our clown, says Neil. Okay. Jake, are you still there? 2014. Thanks, Neil. Jake, you, yeah. <laughs> Jake says, Jake says, thanks, Neil. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. Um, but no, I think with Njoku, Njoku, 100% handcuff him. He's not a guy you can trust. I mean, you can only trust this guy to have six to eight solid weeks. But, you know, you're also getting Watson's upside this season. Oh, so Neil. cuff him to Komet, cuff him to Ingram, you know. If you're comfortable with drafting him, just yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. Hey, Jake, we agree. We agree. We don't agree necessarily on everything, but we agree. You want to go that road? Go down that road. Just make sure you go and cuff him. Let's pump the brakes on overdoing guys. It's all speculation. What does that mean, Jack? What does that mean? What are you referencing there? All right, boys, um, I'm going to cycle you off the phone line. Uh, I've been busy. I'm going to be coming back to do a draft later tonight. And we have a, a couple different. We have another special uh, little announcement, um, or at least a, a little uh, player announcement. So that's going to be coming tonight. So get ready for that. George from the Bay, you got 10 seconds. Go. 
Uh, on the local radio show here this morning, John Lynch did say that uh, Purdy's going to be ready to throw in a couple weeks, by early June. So I don't know if anybody heard about that or not, but that's the local news here for the Niners. Does anybody? Does anybody besides uh, George or George probably doesn't feel this way because you're probably I don't know if you're biased toward the Niners stuff, but I wouldn't blame you because you're a Niner fan. So we're just going to ask outside of you. Uh, does anybody on the line right now feel like? Shanahan is going to rush Purdy. I do. I don't. I don't know enough. But if I had to guess, I don't think he start. I don't think he starts week one. I mean, the the thing about it is is when you when you answer that question, I think you got to go back to, okay, he tore his UCL. It was very. Does anybody here think they didn't know he tore his UCL? Can I at least get a, a vote on that? George, do you think they when he tore his UCL? Do you think they knew he tore his UCL? Uh, man, I mean, they didn't let him throw, so they had to have known something serious was wrong. Yeah, Jake. They knew he tore his they, UCL. They had to have known. They they put him back in the game, and the man couldn't throw. They well, that knew that, that yeah. So my my whole thing was, and I, I'm pretty sure Ron agrees. Uh, my whole thing is, you throw him out there after you already know he's torn his UCL and you, you create all that inflammation. Remember, he couldn't have a surgery right away. And so the reason I asked, did they know? We know what they knew. I'm just trying to, to confirm we're all on the same page. Knowing he tore his UCL and then hold, – hold on one second, Ron. Hold, hold, hold on one second, Ron. Let me just make this point and then I'll swing it over to you. To, to know that he tore his UCL, to take him out of the game because he tore his UCL, because you're worried about him, Right? Player injures his UCL, tears it, complete tear. You're going to take him out of the game to protect him, to stop any further damage. What does Kyle do when their new quarterback goes out there, gets a concussion, and now they have no quarterback? Instead of saying, well, who's our emergency quarterback? It is Juice. Juszczyk was the emergency quarterback. Okay, Instead of putting him out there like you've planned on paper, I'm not saying it's a good option. That's what what was decided. Instead of trying to wildcat it with CMC, instead of trying to wildcat it with Debo or whatever, you took your quarterback out because he tore his UCL, and you shove him back in because the other yeah. quarterback goes down. So if anybody's going to say that Purdy's not going to be rushed or that Kyle Shanahan's looking out for Purdy's best interest, I got to question what you're looking at. Because we just saw him put a quarterback back on the field and made him throw, I don't know how many, 30 footballs on the sideline testing it out, just causing more inflammation and damage. And then when he goes to have surgery, it's so inflamed, they got to wait. They got to wait. They got to wait. He couldn't have surgery right away because it was so inflamed. So I don't know, man. I, I, I trust Shanahan zero when it comes to quarterbacks. I just, he's such a savant when it comes to an offense and a scheme and being an offensive coordinator. But everybody that tells me I'm crazy when I say he's got so many deficiencies as a head coach, how would they take, you know, he goes to an NFC championship. What do you say about that? Yeah, he's a savant. What about when, when you know, he, he has a coaching tree, he keeps turning out that's great. Yeah, his, his scheme and his ability to, to implement that and grow people, that's good. He's good at those things. But when it comes to quarterback per, per, personnel decisions, 
choosing a quarterback, deciding when to go in on a quarterback, deciding what to do with this quarterback, deciding what to do at the end of games also. Those are all things that I just... Uh, Russian Collusion is trying to call in. Russian, go ahead and call in. I'm sorry. I, I got the phone line. Uh, it was hidden, but it's now open. So Russian Collusion, dial in right now. Let me go over to Ron. Ron, you wanted to say something. Yeah, well... Yeah, I thought they were, gonna, they were talking about putting CMC in in that game. But, you know, I think other than um, talk about uh, Jimmy G, this is the second most topic that, that you can't stand. And because, I mean, we all thought Trey, and, and I think that still pisses you off and that whole subject there because Trey's sitting there and, and the way they treat him and he shouldn't. They should trade him so he gets a chance somewhere else because he's never going to get a chance there. I mean, that Shanahan, Shanahan's not going to give him a chance. Yeah, could could could, uh, could collusion. <laughs> collusion just called in. Collusion, hang tight one second. Could, could Trey overcome this adversity that's being thrown at him? Sure, it's possible. But given the kid suffered a broken uh, ankle foot whatever ankle foot slash ankle foot uh given that this kid was already taken out of the lineup after that Houston Texan win given that he's already been told the jobs purdies given all this negativity like it there's just no way I feel like he is set up he's got to have everything go perfect for him and and unfortunately I don't mean this I don't will injury I don't wish injury upon anybody or no ill will but he's going to have to have like a Brock Purdy injury, re-injury happen for for what I'm saying, for things to go perfectly for him to where he doesn't get removed. He's been literally told as soon as Purdy's ready, he's going back in the lineup. That's essentially what Shanahan and Lynch and all the players too have said. So you're right, Ron. If we want Trey Lance to succeed, as much as Niner fans will say, no, you'll see Trey's going to come out and ball out. That's a very optimistic approach. Uh, Young, you hung up. Call back in, Young. They're already... Uh, they're already putting him behind. Uh, um, what's his name? If, if that happens, if that happens for real, if, if Sam Darnold actually starts Week One and Trey's not like hurt, I will. You'll probably see me do like a twelve-hour live stream on it. I, I don't. I don't see how I would. I would even be able to accept that. It's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> And, and the Niners are going to tank if they go do that. The Niners have an opportunity with Trey Lance to win to to win the division and meet the Eagles in a in an NFC Championship game. Game they have a chance to do that. I think it's going to be Chicago Bears, but they have a shot to be the Bears, the Niners. In my opinion, the Lions also in the same division as the Bears. the 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 Lions. I know. I know everybody's got different opinions here, but th- there's there's a strong shot that the Eagles, who I believe have a a locked-in seed waiting for him in the NFC Championship game. The Niners have a real shot, but if they if they go the way of Sam Darnold, there's no shot. There's no shot unless they flip immediately in at halftime to Trey after the first start Darnold gets, and they put Trey in, and Trey does well. Maybe that's what Trey needs. Maybe Trey with no with his back to the wall, and he's the he's the final option. Sam goes in and fails, and Trey comes in and succeeds. Maybe that's what Trey needs. Maybe Trey needs nobody behind him to get that confidence because Shanahan's just screwing with him. Um, collusion, call back in, and real quickly, let me get on over to Collusion, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Collusion. 
Young, call back in. Collusion, you're up. You're live. What's up, pal? Hello? Collusion? You hear me? Yeah, what's up, Collusion? Appreciate you. Yeah, well, I just want to, I want to talk to Ron a little bit because, you know, the Steelers have always had great drafts in the past, but they never do anything with, with, with their draft. So I love the Steelers. I'm a Cowboys fan, but if you're a football fan, you got to know that Cowboys and Steelers are the NFL. So tell me, Ron, why this draft is different from any other? Well, for one thing, um, our, our GM is a lot different than our old GM. He's willing to jump up and take a player where he needs them. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's it right there. Different GM. Um, I mean, we, we got, we got four, we got uh, actually five of, uh, um, what's his name? Top, uh, 40. And we were like, almost like at, um, 4% of, of his whole top 40 late in the draft. I mean, we got so much value out of that draft, um, and players, like, they should have went way before the Steelers got them. So, yeah, I think uh, the line, getting that tackle and everything else, I've, I've said it all before, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's uh, we're going to have a really good year. You have a good defense. You have a good you – so, just, you're, just, you're going to be one of those, like, it's not going to be the, the most crafty-looking offense, you know, comparatively to some of these offenses that are just going to air it out. But it's going to be defense. It's going to be – just efficiency. It's going to be a combination of the run. Like people that want exciting forty-plus, you know, point games. Not that the Steelers can't score forty points in a game, but this is going to be one of those teams that kind of feels like, dare I say, like Patriots-like in a way. Like just wins tough. You know, wins games. Like I, I think the I think the Steelers did really good. Their draft was very, very good. They could be a ten-win team now this year. I, I do think they could. They definitely could be a ten-win team. Um, Will that be enough to even grab the wild card spot? It, it'll be a, a good shot at it, but it'll be. And, and I know, Ron, you think they'll win the division. We've got a bet on that. We obviously um, are gonna see see who wins that. But uh, yeah, I, I, it's a tough. It's gonna be tough for for a lot of teams to win the division or to, to. I'm sorry, grab one of those three wild card spots. There's only three of them, and so you do need to win the division to get rid of some of that risk of, of being having an amazing year and still not making the playoffs. So if you win the division, the destiny's in your hands. You take control of your own destiny. I know you believe that will happen. And and it, it's possible. It's not crazy. What if Joe Burrow misses four games? I don't want to say that. I didn't say that. Never mind. I didn't that's say not, that. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, but that's not – I mean, if you look at last year, the AFC North, everybody split. I mean, we split with Cincy, we split with Baltimore, and everybody split with everybody, it seemed like, last year. Nobody went undefeated in the division at all last year. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough division. It's just as tough, I feel, than, than the AFC uh, East. I mean, you know, you got three teams there yeah. vying for, for it. It's going to be tough there. It's going to be tough in the AFC North also. What about Joe Burrow? Ha, ha, ha. Right. I don't know this that. is collusion, but I don't see what you're saying in your division. You guys should win it all. There is nobody else. 
everybody is are, are high end. Um, Baltimore, blah blah blah. Listen, the guy's got to prove himself. Besides running the ball, to throw the ball. So you guys oh, had the division. No, I'm talking about Baltimore. Oh, oh, you're talking about okay. You're talking about uh, Jackson, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. yeah um, he can't, Hey, He's got to prove okay, collusion. Collusion. I don't mean to. You know. Yeah. You know. You know. You're my boy, Blue. Um. So you know, don't take this the wrong way. But you, you just leaving out the Bengals? No, no, <laughs> no. Trust me. And Cleveland but, too. Come I mean, on. Come on now. Yeah. No, the Bengals are the top team, but. But I you mean, just you Pittsburgh, just said that you just said if, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win it though easily or whatever. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Collusion. That's the opinion. Yeah. Well, okay. they, they should win it. They they have a lot of talent on their team. All right. It was just. I love this quarterback there, and and they have a lot of talent. I yeah. Mean, I was just checking. You said there is the only the only the only I'm choice. I'm not knocking Burrow because he's my guy, but they got a running back issue right now that we don't know where it is. Yeah, well, we do though. Collusion. You're about you're about to hear a lot of talk about him on some upcoming shows, and his name is Chase Brown, and he, he he's got a whole lot rookie, of upside, though, bro. He's got a whole lot of upside. Yeah, hey, let's go, uh, George from the Bay. I'll see you later, pal. See you tonight, okay? I'm gonna I'm gonna drop you guys off one at a time. Jake the Snake, uh, real quickly, ten seconds, go. Yeah, on the Shanahan topic, I just want to say it's very clear that he didn't know how to use Trey Lance because if you look at the designed run that Lance got injured on, he was using this guy like he thought he was Cam Newton or Josh Allen. Derrick Henry. He's not built the same way they are. Yeah. I don't think Shanahan's going to keep him healthy. He doesn't believe in him. Lance needs to go somewhere else. That's really all I have to say. All right, appreciate you. Uh, call in tonight, Jake. Uh, Young, Young, what's up, pal? What you got? Yo, Smitty, Smitty, what's up? How you doing, bro? I'm good, bro. Hey, I just want to say, um, hey, man, we're, we're hyped on Mingo, bro. I'm, I'm hyped on Mingo for sure lately. I think everything you're saying is on point with him. I think that he, he's got a, a, got a clear shot, you know, to be, be wide receiver one in Carolina. And uh, I was saying I'm I'm a diehard Niner fan from the Bay Area, and I, and I was saying the same thing about Top time, baby, top time. Oh, so uh, go, you know, young young isn't talked yet. Let's let him go real quick. Keep keep going, bro. Hey, no, nah, man. I'm just saying, Mingo to the moon, bro. Mingo to the moon. Yeah. And and like you know what? There's got to be. You got to come up with a secret, like a secret moon man list, and he's got to be like some other planet. You know what I mean? Like I got, bro. I got it. I got it already planned out. You'll see. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. I, I don't know that Mingo. We'll see if Mingo cracks it. But we've got a whole nother solar system in the development. So. Uh, oh, that's that's great to hear, bro. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Like Downs, Mingo, <laughs> this, this show, bro. Chain, this show is so funny. Chase, I swear. Chase down. My, my job is weird. You know, <laughs> I got a whole solar down. system. I got a whole solar system on the way. It's coming. I'm gonna spend four hours tonight making up little graphics about Pluto and and uh, the different uh, Beetlejuice might come into play. I don't know if you guys know Beetlejuice is one of the biggest uh, stars. In the uh, in the gal or in the universe, and uh, you know we might just tap into the Beetlejuice, and uh, uh, there's some other things that we're gonna bring up. But anyway, Young, anything else? Hey, to, also, to, 
Final thoughts, go. Hey, yeah, real quick. I just, I, yeah, I just had one other question. Um, with Jameer Gibbs, you're saying that, you know, you, you might be able to take him in the fourth round. Um, do you think that come Easy. August that's going to still be no. the same kind of situation? Because August, he'll be, looking, August he'll be in the second round. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think, I think so. Gibbs in the second for sure. He'll be in the second round. Do not take him there, you guys. Uh, uh, George from the Baywood, you know, but you got you got to take advantage of that uh, that opportunity. You know, this, this is win yeah. a le- this is these are win a league moments. You're turning win a league moments into maybe you still win your league, but you're going to crawl to the finish instead of smashing people to pieces. Look at this! Look at this right here. I don't know if you can see my screen, bro. Jamar Chase, Brees Hall. So your first rounder is Jamar Chase. Your second rounder is Brees Hall. Alave still dipping into the third. That's going to go away too. It's starting to. Alave in the third. Gibbs in the fourth. Burroughs falling into the top of five. Imagine if you could get Chase and Burroughs stacked with your first and fifth rounder and still get Hall, Alave, and Gibbs in the middle. Just just child's play. This is like this is playing 3D chess while somebody actually came to play uh, shoots and ladders. And you're about to send them down the ladder. And and Mingo was yeah. his name Yeah. M-I-N-G-O, and Mingo was his name all. It's a change of the guard year like you always talk about. Yes, sir. You know? All right. You, uh, you know, you could go receiver, receiver. Um, you know, you could start like that because there's a lot of, like, Kenneth Walkers and even, you know, J.K. Dobbins yep. and DeAndre Swift that could, could take off, you know? So it's just... Yeah, it's, an, it's going to be a good year, man. I'm excited for it, for sure. Yes, sir. Call in tonight, uh, Young. Uh, you, you're, you're welcome yeah, here any, yeah. any, any time, bro. All right, later, pal. All right, Smitty, what did I say? Wide receiver, wide receiver, running back, right? I mean, if... It, if, that's, if that's, the, that's the key this year. If best player available allows for it, bro. I mean, you you got you to gotta go with what, what's given to you. You can't force anything. But if you go Jamar Chase, in the context of what you're saying, if we go Jamar Chase... And and a, a second round wide receiver like St. Brown, let's say, which sometimes he goes in round oh. one, and then you blew it up. You just blew it up right there. Yeah, and then and then right here, you you know sometimes Hall falls here, but let's say you don't go Hall here. Yeah. Let's say you go Fields here, if you want. You could go Fields here. You get Gibbs here, and in the fifth round, Drake London falls, and it's like you know, where where's the bank? Where's the bank? I got some. I got places to be. I got, I got places to be. Where's the bank? Jamar Chase, St. Brown, Fields, Gibbs, London. I could. I could roll with that. Get Kamara in the next round. Get DeAndre Swift in round six. Get Kenneth Walker in round five. Imagine if that happened. You go Gibbs and Walker. Oh, you just, dude, you just blew it up right there. Blew it up. Blew it up. Collusion. You, you just. You just wasn't a bank. Championship. Collusion. Calling tonight. Oh, all right. Yeah. Calling tonight. I got a. I got a. There's a moon man dropping tonight. Calling tonight. Later. Wow. Yeah. You just fucking blew it up. I right just there. blew your mind. I blew your mind. All right. Calling yeah. tonight. Collusion. Appreciate you. Yeah. Ron, you are the final caller. Ron, hit me with it. Ten seconds. Go. Only ten seconds. Holy okay. Crap. Ron, you, right. you you know what, Ron? You you super chatted enough today. You have uh, near unlimited time, but remember, I got to get dinner. We've, yeah, I know, and we've already had enough Steeler talk more than you desire. But 
Here's my last draft on underdog. Garrett Wilson, Alave, Najee, Walker, Pickens, Addison in the sixth. Of course, my boy, Kirk. Zach Charbonnet in the eighth. Uh, Aaron Rodgers in the tenth. Um, Smash. KJ Osborne. Smash. And Kendra Miller. Well, not Osborne, but. And just, that's just. Yeah, that's a good the top team. Of it says it all. That's I mean, a good team. But here's the last thing I'm going to say is I think, in my opinion, I think Addison as the number two wide receiver ends up being the top rookie wide receiver this year. That's my I, prediction. I totally understand the argument, and I think that 65% or 70% of the human population will agree with you. And that doesn't surprise me. Like when I hear it, like when Scott even said he liked Addison, you know, a lot, it doesn't surprise me. I'm more shocked when I find somebody that thinks like I do. I, and and I don't know that I'm going to, I might change my mind a little bit. Like I might start to open up to maybe he's going to produce low end wide receiver two numbers or something, but I, I just don't see. I just don't see I don't see how other people aren't looking at this situation and saying, okay, I know Fields is we don't need to get into it. I know Fields is proven last year, but is he really a lock? A lot of people say Fields I'm sorry, Fields. Cousins. A lot of people say cousins fell apart at time he's is cousins on the road is he at home is it a night game like there's jokes about it all over the place he he looked bad from this point on at the end of the season like I, i'm just saying there is a world there is a world where we have a little bit of concern about how long will cousins continue the play he had last year i don't think that's a crazy question no. to ask and so no, like you couple that no, I, you, you know my red flag mentality Multiple multiple red flags walk away. And I just feel like I, I just feel like there's enough red flags to say Addison, not saying walk away from, from cousins necessarily, but Addison with Hawkinson, the best wide receiver or second best wide receiver in the National Football League, Hawkinson. Um it, it's just a situation that I, I don't I don't know that this volume that everybody thinks is going to be there for the number two wide receiver is so guaranteed. And keep in mind, if that's a redraft mentality, I kind of I kind of get it. Like I kind of get it. But from a dynasty, how are we not worried about Addison's volume th- two three years from now? Because because we don't know if Cousins will be there, and if he's not there, and they they almost got rid of him this offseason. There were several reports on potential trades. What was the dead cap? Then they could could they extend him though? He could be extended or be traded or be they could move on from him. Who, who could they draft? Could they draft a guy high enough? Could could they go up and get an Anthony Richardson? So like in in Dynasty, the last thing in the world I feel is that Addison has security at all. Like I I just don't I just don't get it. But that's me. Well, here's the thing, just just give me a second here. Um. I, I know. I know, we already know our takes on Cousins, but Cousins, yes, he had a bad game early on against Philly, and he had another bad game against against Dallas. But the rest of the year, he was he was awesome. It was the 31 ranked Minnesota defense that hurt Minnesota. It had nothing to do with their offense. Their offense was great last year. In fact, if they had a defense. They had they would have had a chance to go to the Super Bowl, but not with the thirty one ranked defense that they they're putting on the field. 
Uh, yeah, can oh, I order can I order a steak a steak sandwich uh, to be picked up? Yeah, anything else for you, man? Uh, no, uh, yeah, I'll take uh, grilled artichokes as well, and if if at all possible, the steak to be like medium, you know, pinkish, not bloody, but you know. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's it. Oh, and I love it. I love it. Uh, Smith. It's like, yeah, Ron, I'm not listening to you no more. I'm ordering my food. Thanks, appreciate it. <laughs> I just ordered my food. Yeah, I mean, Ron, let's be let's be honest. I didn't know how long this was going to go, so I had to get it done. Okay, go ahead, continue because it's going to take fifteen minutes. No, that's cool. That's cool. I understand. It. No, 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 Ron, Ron, I did, I did, I did it, I did it so you could continue. Keep going. No, no, it, it's all good. But, but I, but I do. I think the 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 second biggest one your peeve is is uh, is um, Trey Lance. I mean. You called him. I mean, you evaluated him, and the fact that that 49ers have totally screwed him over and screwed him up, that's one thing it's hard to let go. Other than your top one, which is Jimmy G, I think that's your second one that irritates you the most. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Moon Man tonight, Ron. Moon Man tonight. I'll see you tonight. We'll do some drafting. I think we already figured out who it's going to be, but I'm not going to say nothing. Yeah. Everyone picks JJ, the first player off the board, and yet everybody hates Cousins, says Wild Bill. Um, there's look, there's gonna be a lot of people, and I'm not, I, I'm not a Cousins hater at all. I just uh, my whole thing was, is there volume enough, and is Cousins gonna be there? My 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 doubt isn't about oh Cousins is gonna flop next year and I be a bust. So. I think if Cousins signs an extension, I'm kind of happy for JJ's value. So like, I'm not a Cousins hater at all. I'm just saying, in a, from a dynasty perspective, we don't know what's going on with Addison's quarterback well, yeah, situation I, two I years from now. From a dynasty perspective, if, if we're talking just dynasty, of course. I mean, you want to go younger with your players, but I mean, I mean, Kirk Cousins—he really his arm strength and everything—he hasn't he hasn't stumbled. And and you know, quarterbacks, good quarterbacks, uh, play longer. I mean, look at Brady. I mean, he's an elite quarterback, but. I mean, you're having quarterbacks play longer and longer nowadays, more than the other positions. So, yeah, he, he could he could survive a few more, you know, three, four, maybe even five more years. You never know. Yeah, and, and Sick Nasty but, said, did he miss his super chat? Hold on one second. Let me just find Sick Nasty said, feeling about the third, uh, feeling about the third round reversal in Dynasty. I don't like the third round reversal, to be honest. I think it's just everybody's trying to change everything. I, like maybe that's me getting old. Maybe that's my get off my lawn, Ron. Like moment where yeah. I'm just, I'm tired of people changing everything. Why do you got to? Then what happens? Third round reversal. Then you got a f- fifth round reversal after that to make up for the third round reversal you just did. Yeah. You know, po- I don't po- like that. point per reception, right? You did that for a reason, industry. You did that for a reason because you felt like running backs were overvalued. They were too powerful, and then now running backs start falling off a little bit there's less workhorses in the nfl and now everybody's got to make up for that instead of taking away ppr now we add uh half a point for you know five every five carries you get as an rb and then it's like okay now we got to add another 0.5 for tight ends now we got to make a super flex on top of that and it's like at what point at what point i hate third round reversal you get the one pick you got a clear advantage guess what you take it to the bank you know, reversing yep. that, I don't like I it. I don't like it, Sick Nasty. Well, that, yeah, and then, you know, it's like that, that one I took over last year. You know which one I'm talking about. 
uh, uh, penalizing everybody else. All the other positions are PPR except running back. It's minus five points for every catch. What the heck kind of thing was that? It, it was ridiculous. I mean, make all positions the same and let them. I mean, why? Why are you going to punish running backs? Running backs already get punished enough. Yeah. I guess I timed out in our draft. I timed out in our draft. Sorry, guys. Um, in the slow draft. But I, I queued somebody. But I, I, I meant to get in there and pick them. I'm sorry. Looks like I'm I'm 16 picks away. In that draft, I have... Uh, in the, the last slow Garrett Wilson draft that we did, I've got Patrick Mahomes. Let me go to a bigger screen. I got Patrick Mahomes. I got Bijan. I got Jameer Gibbs. I got DeAndre Hopkins and George Pickens. Kind of a kind of a tough. I like it. It's just you know, uh, wide receivers didn't fall. I think if I had if I was drafting with a bunch of grandmas, I think I easily would have had a London. You know, so my, my goal with this team would have been Mahomes, Bijan, Gibbs, London, and Hopkins or London and Pickens, and I think I would have pulled that off. But with you guys, it's just harder harder to do that. You guys are monsters. Ron, any final thoughts, Ron? I I, I want you to have the floor. You've super chatted enough today. To deserve what to talk about whatever you want, um, then I'm gonna go get my food. But I have another two or three minutes before I gotta go. So go ahead. The floor is yours. What else you want to say, Ron? Anything? Um, anything. Well, I just, I just, I just love the fact that you brought on, uh, brought on uh, the guests. I hope you do more of it. I, I, I love it when you bring people on. Even that actor, you know. That you brought on that was that was pretty awesome and uh, I like it when you bring people on like that and uh, it was a, just an awesome show, dude. And it wasn't just because of the steel remarks. I mean, I I liked it from the beginning to the end. So I appreciate um, that, Ron. Perspective. And the questions that you asked him. I mean, I was that was so funny when when, when you gave me your take on Bijan. And he said, just like you captured that that look, like, huh? Here, let me let me pl- let me play it. Let me pl- let me play it. Let me play it real quick. Let me play it real quick. This is my stance, and I think it's pretty bold to most people. If you can even be bold on Bijan, but in fantasy football, he's my number one redraft running back. I'm drafting him ahead of CMC. I'm taking him number three overall. I'm drafting Jamar Chase or Jefferson. Jefferson, Jamar Chase. If I need a wide receiver, it's a, you look you look you look a little shocked. But that's as bold as I've heard of people who are bullish on B. John Robinson. That's as bold a take as I have heard. I'm not saying I disagree with it. I'm just like, wow, that's that's strong. And this other guy on screen here, uh, Jameer Gibbs, is 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 yet another uh, rookie that I'm about to uh, probably be overhyping here <laughs> because <laughs> okay. I, I if, if that was your B. John take, I can't wait to hear your your Jamar Gibbs, uh, Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. So if anybody missed that interview with um with uh I had all these things on the screen, sorry. If anybody missed that interview, it's about forty minutes with um with Scott Hansen from NFL Red Zone. You know, seven hours of commercial free football. Begin now. If you don't watch the red zone, I don't know what you watch. But uh yeah, go check that out. It's a good interview. Ron, appreciate it. Appreciate all the super chats. Uh anything yeah. else, Ron? Final thoughts? I, I wish I wish I still had the red zone with with him on it, but because I'm with Direct TV, I got ears. If nobody knows who yours is, that's uh, Anthony. You should get um, um, you should get YouTube TV. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't know. Well, the thing is, is I, 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 get, I got the ticket and everything for free. DirecTV gives it to me for free, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of yeah, I got gotcha. you. But I agree with you. I, I end up watching the red zone more than I do the regular games. And, and the only time I really deviate is like when Pittsburgh's not on TV, I can, you know, watch their game. I heard so. somebody say that, no, maybe it was the, the Sunday ticket. Never mind. I was going to say maybe somebody did actually say that DirecTV got the red zone, but maybe they didn't. Never mind. All right, uh, Ron, I'll see you tonight. All right, brother. Later. Talk to you later. Later, chat. Okay, uh, Russian collusion. If you have Instagram, look look me up. Same name. Russian Russian and Ron are are are, are good people. Here, Russians calling in one more time. R- R- Russian, I got I got to go get my food. Russian, but you you got uh, ten fifty seconds. Go. You want what? All right, uh, Ron Navy to call me. Ron Navy to call. call. <laughs> Is, are those fighting words, or are you, are you trying to trying to befriend him? No, I just want to talk to him. I love <laughs> Ron Navy. Okay, well, uh, look him up on Instagram. You can do voice messages with him. Or, or D, awesome, DM me. I'll get you connected. All right, hey, collusion. Appreciate right. you, pal. Appreciate you, collusion. Right, Later, man. Call him tonight. All right, collusion, everybody. Garrett says I missed his super chats. Garrett, I, I read these off. I read these off. Um, it's like six or seven out of ten team low key. Garrett says the draft start is six out of ten. Draft start is six out of ten. What does that mean, Garrett? What does that mean? I don't even know what that means. I think I read it and I didn't know what it meant. So you said I missed your super chats. I'm reading, Garrett, but what's it mean? I don't know what this means. It's like six or seven out of ten team low key. And Joku, best value tight end and best ball. I got that one. I addressed that one in tremendous detail. These two, I don't know what they are. That draft start is 6 out of 10, Smitty. Come on. It's 6 or 7 out of 10, low key. What's this mean? I don't know what we're talking about, Garrett. I got to go pick up my food. Chop, chop. What do you want? What do you need? I'm here to assist you. I work for you, Garrett, but I need answers. What are we doing here? Maybe you asked a question somewhere else. I don't know, Garrett. I don't see anything. I'm looking for it. I have no idea what we're looking for here. You said to rate your first picks in the best ball. Oh. Okay, I don't know. Six or seven out of ten. Oh, oh, the the the, the team I showed you here. The slow draft. This one? Yeah, uh, you know... I don't love the wide receivers. I'm I'm not trying to, I'm not trying I want you guys to win this league. If I win it, I'm going to give the jersey to second place obviously, but you know, I've timed out. I'm I'm uh I'm a little casual with with those. I should try harder on it. I'm sorry. We'll be mock drafting tonight and I'm going to try and do maybe one thing at a time or potentially two things but have them both on the screen at the same time. That way it's not as confusing. I'm not switching back and forth. They'll all be on one screen. I'll see you all tonight. We will be announcing a moon man at the beginning of tonight's show. I will see you all later. People are getting burrowed left and right, and people are going to remember it. Get burrowed. 
Thank you for the super chats, Garrett. Sorry I didn't understand what you were saying. Sometimes by the time I see something, it's so far past the conversation. I don't know what we're talking about. Ben Johnson just said they want to use Gibbs as a slot wide receiver. Of course they do. Of course they do, pal. Graveyard in the house. Love me some tacos. Later, Sam. All right, going to get my food. See you all later.